What's going on, guys? It's Yahavi David Sinclair Speaks, and you are now tuned in to the Sinclair Speaks Show. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything that you need in a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app and start your journey today. It's that time. What's going on, guys? It's your hobby, David Sinclair Speaks, and you are now tuned in to the Sinclair Speaks Show. You are now tuned in to the Sinclair Speaks Show. What's going on, guys? It's Yahavi David Sinclair Speaks. Welcome back to the Sinclair Speaks Show podcast. I want to welcome you to another incredible episode. We have the honor to sit down with Reginald Ryder, educational coach. This brother is impactful and changing lives, not only in generations right now, but generations to come with thriving life coaching. Just to provide a little bit more context before we dive in, Thriving Life Coaching partners with individuals interested in maximizing their academic performances, right? So they could progress. So they work with middle schools, high schools, college students, and young professionals. Now, even an individual like me, someone that's in the business of broadcasting media, can clearly benefit from Thriving Life Coaching. Why? Because it, it, it's the basics, it's the fundamentals is what makes us strong individuals. So I'm excited to learn a lot more, uh, dive into, you know, how, of course, you know, he's impacting these lives, the youths, what, what they're taking away from this and how you could also benefit from just streaming this episode. And let's get dive into, let's dive into the nitty gritty. So please give us a three to five minute introduction on your brand, your business, and of course, what brings you onto the St. Clair Speaks Your Podcast. Take it away. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, thank you for inviting me to the show. So I am Reginald Ryder. I'm the founder and uh, creator of uh, Thriving Life Coaching. Uh, our motto is every student needs a little TLC. That is Thriving Life Coaching, but TLC in the way of just a little love, uh, so to speak. Uh, I'm a career higher education uh, professional. I currently right now work in the ed tech uh, industry, and I'm also an instructor at a community college uh, along with this business. Uh, and so the, this business has really kind of spawned from my own uh, experience as a, as a um, first-generation student. My parents didn't go to college, but they basically provided me with the, you know, the platform to be able to do so. And so I'm you know, grateful for that. But uh, despite their financial and uh, you know, emotional and mental, uh, uh, how would you say, their, that dimension being added to my life, they didn't really go to college themselves, so they really couldn't train me or teach me on how to do that. And so I kind of had to find out and figure it out on my own as a, as a first-generation student. Uh, there were some triumphs and trials along the way and some milestones and some uh, missteps along the way as well. But ultimately, by the time I got to be about a sophomore in high school, I, you know, kind of sophomore in college, I should say, I figured it out. Uh, I was kind of a student within the, the kind of low-flying radar of uh, high school where I didn't really do that much to uh, help myself, but didn't do nothing to really hurt myself either, but just kind of somewhere in the middle. But ultimately what this, what this did for me was, uh, by the time I got to my sophomore year, was kind of figured out how to study and how to prepare myself for all the things that I needed to do in respect to uh, going through college and getting through. Uh, and so I successfully graduated. I went immediately from there, went into higher education. I worked in an admissions office for a little bit and began to kind of instill those lessons into students uh, along the way. Went back to school and got a master's a few, year, few years later. And then uh, ever since then, I've been basically uh, coaching students and retaining, helping students retain their ability to be in college and get a return on their investment. Uh, fast forwarding probably about uh, 2018, I decided I was going to move forward and just kind of take the, 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 the dive into the world of uh, entrepreneurship and using this as my platform. In the process, I uh, learned a lot along the way and in the context of coaching students and figuring out how to do that um, pretty well and finding a way to monetize it, 
someone had asked me kind of prophetically, you know, what are you going to do with yourself over the next, uh, over the summer, summer of 2018, 2019? I said, I'm not really sure. I'm going to, you know, do some things, kind of build up the business and curriculum and everything else. And he said, well, why don't you write a book? And I thought, well, I've never really written a book before. And, um, you know, I kind of saw that as something that other people did, not necessarily myself. But the bottom line is, is that I gave it a little bit more thought and said, well, maybe you could write a book about the transition that happens for students from high school to college. And I said, well, OK, well, I'll, I'll kind of give it a stab and kind of uh, began to kind of plot around a little bit, but then got serious. And uh, about six months after I started writing, came up with uh, this book and it's called uh, Passing the Baton, A Guide and Memoir of College Success. So it's uh, written in the context of my own story as a first generation student but also written from the context of the kinds of um, lessons and uh, preparation that I offer to students, as well as now as an instructor uh, teaching at a community college, uh, kind of gives me the full picture. Um, my role in my current job is in fact, as a student success coach for students that are in the, at the doctoral level. So in one respect, I saw that if students could do this at the doctoral level, I know that students at graduate and uh, undergraduate and even high school could utilize these skills in one respect or another so that they aren't making the same mistakes that I made as a first generation student and they'll be you know two to three if not four times more prepared um, and so you know that's that's my story well, what has what so I, I, I kind of want to piggyback on a little bit what's the experience like for you you know you know being that we, we we have these teachers, we have these influences, we have these they, they, these people that come into our lives when we're young. You know, you're that for these kids. What's that experience like for you from the emotional standpoint? Well, it's really interesting. Right now, I'm coaching about eight students across the country and actually uh, one in Mexico uh, right now. Um, so high school, uh, college level, uh, from a freshman in high school to a junior in college uh, right now. And in one respect, it's 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 my passion project. So I really don't see it as as work. I just see it as me really kind of fulfilling, you know, kind of the role that I've been kind of uh, given, you know, in this world at this particular point. Um, so that's that's part of it. But I would say just in hearing their stories and knowing my mistakes, I never ever tell students exactly what to do because that would be, you know, advice. But if that advice doesn't work. Then you know, you know, Yahweh, you know, you're not coming back to me because I gave you bad advice. And what are you going to do? You're going to tell four or five other people, don't go see that dude because you know he didn't know what he's talking about. What I try to do and what I attempt to do more times than not is really question their answers so if they come to the conclusions that they need to. And uh, you know, it's kind of the runaround. I I I know where I want them to go. Or I know where I think they should go. But if I tell you directly where to go, that doesn't always necessarily work. But if you can begin to see that from your uh, the questions that I ask you in respect to that, there's a choice that goes along with that and there's a consequence that goes along with that. If you're willing to live with that, then my job as a coach is basically to help you get there. But if you question that, then you're going to take a step back. And that step back is where the rubber meets the road, where I can instill in you, you know, my own uh, experiences, my own lessons and anecdotally what I've seen of what happens with other students as well. So it, it really does bring about, for me, um, the ability to really forge a, a relationship. And I think more times than not, when you forge a relationship with someone and they can see that you care, you know, it's the old saying, it's not, I don't care what you know, I want to know how much you care. Coaching really does that for me and coaching really does that in the way of creating connection with the, the students that I work with. So in that respect, I'm uh, more than appreciative and do all I can to, uh, to maximize it. I, I know also you also instill uh, the, the confidence and the skill set in, in these students as well. Tell us a little bit more. I, I want to go into, of course, uh, let's go into the confidence, of course, then the skill set, because there's a lot of, there's a lot to go in with the skill set, but how's that like to build that confidence with the youth? Is it easier because they're younger versus trying to instill confidence in an adult that's already say seven years old, right? Stuck in your ways versus, right. you know, a younger right, student. Right. right. It's interesting. I think I've, I've seen 
students along the continuum. Uh, and I've coached some students who, you know, despite all my best efforts, you know, didn't get it. And so for that person, you know, regardless of how hard it is to kind of open the can, you know, you can't open unless you got a can opener. Uh, but at the same time, for a student who's at least open and receptive to it, more times than not, uh, you know, they 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 get it. Um, my again, my role is really to put them in the position to gain from and utilize their strengths. <clears throat> no one's ever coached, and no one's ever you know played any sport or anything else based on their weaknesses. They do it based on their strengths, and so school is no different. I would say that, you know, if you, for example, I have a pretty good memory. And so if I see something written on a board or uh, hear something that someone says, you know, I'm likely to remember it or bring it back in one respect or another. And so those are the kinds of things that I look to try and find in students to see, you know, kind of where they are, you know, how they learn, how they process information and how they're able to take it from their short-term memory to their long-term memory. Because um, at some point you're going to need to be able to retrieve it. I spend more time ensuring that I understand and know their um, their strengths, because those strengths are going to be the things that then we then work with. So if they're you know they love to read, then great. You know, hopefully your comprehension is within that. So for me, it's making sure that you get exposed to as much of the material as you possibly can, because you're able to process it. For some, it may mean that they are, you know, that they're visual and how they learn. And so, okay, what does that look like and how uh, and how can we make sure that you do that? So maybe it's writing notes, maybe it's a flashcard. You know, I think the most under used, underutilized tool, but the greatest gift that a student could ever give themselves is a flashcard. And simply because a flashcard does what? You got to write it down. You got to write and condense the answer or the response to the question to exactly what you need to know. If you're visual, then it's a matter of seeing it. But if you're auditory learner, then basically what do you do? You're saying it out loud so that you hear it. You know, it's like singing a song or memorizing, memorizing, you know, a rap or anything else that you that you that you you do. You know, you're not sitting there with a piece of paper, you've got it in your head, but you've got it in your head because you have learned it and learned it and learned it and learned it and learned it till it's you know etched and tattooed in you. For some students, they're kinesthetic learners, so it's moving around. So maybe the, the fact of moving the card and flipping the card from one side to the other with the question and the answer, you know, allows you to be able to do so. So really finding students and working from their strengths so that they can then maximize them and, and put them in a, in, a, in a context that allows them to learn um, exactly how they need to. Yeah, because, you know, it, it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting because I'm pretty sure uh, with the youth and the students, you know, they're getting pulled from so much different directions. We live in one of the greatest times and it's very easy for, uh, you know, these students to get caught up. I, I just did a podcast episode on TikTok for one, right? If they want to be yep. a content creator, right? Developing that skill set, right? So you could take that and you could run a business and you could profit from your skill set and you want to be confident in that. But, you know, you would also say confidence is a skill. You know, yes. you, you have you have to teach yourself confidence. It takes the repetition. Also in podcasting, if I would go back and listen to my first podcast interview, it's really bad, like really, really bad because, you know, there was no confidence there. There was no, there wasn't repetition. So I want to I, I want to dive into you know the the workshop aspect of building that confidence to own that skill set so you could profit from from this. Because if I had someone like you in my in my life, say when I was in say middle school, high school, whatever, doing what I'm doing now, I could have leveraged that a little bit more. Yeah. But for me, it's great because that. I don't want to say uh, I what 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 do people say? Oh, you you walk so this one could run, or you know you know what I'm saying. But it's great right. because I went back to high to my alumni uh, high school. I went back talking to the youth and like, hey, hey, don't be like me. Do this, do this. Don't sit in resentment, saying, oh, I wish I should have did this. I should invested myself. So, right. what's the conversation like with these students when you know? they come to you and they're inspired. They want to be this aspiring, say, actor or music artist or entrepreneur. Oh, yeah, I want to be the next this. What's the conversation like? I'm not to guide us there. Sure. So 
I, I tell students all the time, or at least I maybe I don't say it all the time, but I think in my head as I kind of um, prepare comments in one respect or another, that the three people that in life that you don't want to meet could have, would have, and should have, you know, simply put. And, and so, you know, don't live your life with regret. And I, I can honestly say that in high school, you know, I, there are some things that I know that I could have and should have done, but I was too scared. I wasn't confident enough or I, you know, didn't want to put myself out there so that, you know, if I got put on blast that, you know, people would, you know, would, would you know, rib me for what I did or didn't do or one, one respect or another. And finally, by the time I got to uh, college, and I think this is really true for a lot of students, is that there's a there's a honest uh, and great opportunity for you to rebrand yourself. You're in a different place. You're a different uh, different place, different location, a different mindset, and you're you know now amongst you know whatever number hundreds or thousands of uh, students that are at your particular campus. No one knows who you are in, in that respect. And so being able to go back and really, you know, rebrand yourself and, and uh, you know, all the things that you didn't do that you want to do, you know, college is that time to kind of bring it out because really college beyond getting the degree and college beyond getting and learning all the information is truly a chance and opportunity for you to, um, you know, create your own, create your sculpture of yourself um, you know and the kind that you want. I'm exactly. I'm I'm so glad that I'm talking to you today too because you know just listening, you know when you when you hear someone talk when you hear someone speak, I, I you know meeting you is like meeting thousands of people, right? You come with this experience, you come with this wisdom and this insight, and as I heard you, you said something. I just sat up. You talked about like rebranding yourself and restructuring yourself and going to this college because it is that season, right? Yeah. Outside is opening up, and I'm looking at it from the speaker side. Prior to the pandemic, I was getting ready for a TED talk, but my, I think, uh, speaking engagement prior to that was, you know, going back to the schools and that's my audience. So as a speaker, my target audience is, is the youth, is, you know, um, you know, uh, kids that's coming up in these low income areas, going yep. back and teaching, you know, financial literacy showing these kids like, Hey, this is how you could optimize LinkedIn to your advantage. You know, you have a skill set. This is how you could create a profile. Um, there's so much different things that we can do with combining our experiences, their youth, because the youth is the future. So, you know, what you're doing is in, is incredible, but also there's, there's something that I have written down here in my notes. Um, sure. You're also teaching students how to transition successfully into the academic environment. So you're getting these students ready for, uh, let's say the corporate jobs or building their own corporate. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So. The platform that I really have been working from is if you can do this now and put these things, put these operations, these skills, these this mindset in place. Especially as a young person at, and at whatever point of entry that I, you know, that I begin to you know, work with you in that respect. Your being able to apply these skills is definitely going to be part of what happens for you from that point on. One of the chapters or segments in the in the book that I talk about in uh, the book Passing the Baton talks about the student being, um, you know, literally being the client and being the client, not just uh, being the client of the university that they go to. We don't necessarily, we people of color, but I think people in general don't necessarily always see ourselves in that way. I mean, clearly you're spending, you know, good freight to to, to be there, you know. 10, 20, $25,000 a year to go there, you know, why aren't you getting the most you can out of the experience? With all the stuff there that is free, with all the stuff that there that is accessible to you that will help you again, build your brand in the way that manner that you want to. If you're not a great writer, then they got a writing center to help you become a better writer. And I'll be the first to say, I wasn't a good writer, never really been a good writer, but I wrote a book. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, it, you know, it comes with practice and it comes with repetition. So the thing that I tell students all the time is that, you know, always see yourself as a client, but be ready to pursue the thing that you're doing 
like it's your full-time job. And the reason being is that in doing in pursuing it in that way, you know, you don't want a performance review at the end for somebody to be able to say to you, you know, grade-wise or performance-wise, that you're not meeting the meeting the standards. Because nine times out of ten, that either means that you're not going to be there very long, you're on probation, or you're under some level of uh, stress to then perform. So I guess what I'm saying is that maybe maybe that's a wake up call for you in one respect or another, and that's okay. But what if you started from a not from a deficit, but from uh, you know a level of strength, from a level of confidence, from a level of doing, and so. What I tell students all the time, this is why this is this book is not just written for you know youth looking to go through school, but just but really as a student transitions to um, professional, being a professional. No, you got to be on time. You can't come somewhere late. You know, it, it doesn't show well. You got to dress the part. You got to look the part. You got to think the part. You got to you know use your you know switching skills in all the ways that you uh, have to and need to in order to make sure that you're. You know, always on your feet, always on your toes, doing what needs to be done so that you can show clearly um, that your the knowledge that they've poured into you, along with the, the knowledge that they poured into you and the talent that you have, that those two things match. That becomes the promotion, you know, that becomes, you know, the alumni, because really an alumni is, if you really think about it, is a loyal client who's willing to pay to be there, get what they need to get out of it, and then be able to pour back into, you know, the system and the system being this respect, a university setting, you know, cause that's where, you know, foundations and development, that's where all that comes from. They go back after a student's gone to a, you know, institution said, you know, we've, you know, you know, Yahave, we've, we prepared you in this way at this school and these ways, can you give back? And hopefully because you're in a financial position and a servant heart to begin with and mindset that you're going to give back in the same ways that people poured into you. And that cycle is just what continues over and over and over and over and over again. And so when you see people in their you know, 80s and 90s who use or use their um, financial resources, as a benefactor, as and usually an institution as a benefactor, whether it's a nonprofit or a college or a university, it's simply because what? Someone poured into them in the same way, in the same manner. And we don't always have that mindset, not just for the giving part, but for really seeing ourselves as a commodity. And, and when you see yourself as a commodity as a client, you're definitely a different person to just seeing yourself as just just a student. So I try and instill those lessons in students as well, because I want them to be able, I want a student to be always be in a position to be able to advocate for themselves because mom and dad are not always going to be there. You know, a Yahave St. Clair and a Reginald Ryder is not always going to be there. But if I can instill those tools in you now so that you can then put those things in place and not just question somebody, you know, when you're at a restaurant and when they Give you a medium rare steak and yes we're medium well it's no different than going to college you know if you didn't if you didn't learn the lesson when you initially got it you got to go back in to the professor or to whomever the teaching assistant or the writing center or the resource center and say i didn't get it what can you do to help me to make sure that i get it next time i think as soon as you see yourself like that i'm telling you sky's the limit yeah what is your um what would you say your biggest takeaway from you know writing the book uh, passing a baton what was that experience like for you afterwards like okay the book is done the message is out there yeah what, 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 what is it like what is the feeling like afterwards you know it was I, I mean I can literally remember going to the mailbox and getting the copy of the first book uh, that I got and it, it you know it, you have a two-year-old daughter so I'm sure you can relate to this it felt like a it felt like a new baby was was being born I got two kids of my own they're 23 and 20 um but it was like an, it was it was like a new baby you know I held it in my hand and you know sweaty palms you know immediately um but the thing that really resonated with me and this has been true um from you know Amazon reviews that I that I've received 
and from people who've you know contacted me otherwise or if it, or written something uh, <clears throat> a narrative about the book and what they thought was that you know I wished I'd had this when I was in school. I wish I had um, instilled or put in fact you know some of the practices that you're talking about you know because I didn't manage my time you know I was a procrastinator I you know uh, was Mr. Socialite and Mr. Ms. Socialite and you know I didn't get the Get the get the lesson. I ended up on probation, and I ended up graduating. But it took me a while to get there. You know those kinds of things. Um, I want to read real quick um, one of the last lines in the in the book because I think it says um, so much. So the, the the theme of the book in passing the baton is like a relay race. You know, and we've all seen track or know what track is like. And I used to run in in uh, school when I was in high school, but. But one of the last last four lines of the of the book are now it's your race to run, your race to win. Don't drop the baton, sprint to the finish. Don't worry about the person next to you. Just run your best race. Continue success. And so again, you know, if 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 you didn't do anything else, if, if we never talked again, but you bought the book. I guarantee you that it would, you'd have enough uh, lessons in there or be able to see enough of a reflection of yourself to realize, you know, what you do have, what you don't have, and what you can do to fill the void. Um, and you don't have to necessarily, and, and it's, it's important to realize too that even if you didn't necessarily use me specifically, would love for you to, you know, either you know, the, 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 the website itself or the coaching or the book itself. <clears throat> I tell students all the time, you're on your own from the standpoint of being, you know, 18 years old or 17 years old and considered an adult in the eyes of, you know, your, 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 your college. Cause you know, the FERPA, you know, uh, doesn't allow parents to be included in that until, or only if students decide for that to happen. You're on your own, but you do not have to do this alone. And so I think more times than not, students lose that part of it. So when they do mess up, you know, they feel like they have to hold it and keep it to themselves. And you, you, you don't really gain anything from that because now you've got self-doubt, you've got no confidence, you've got, you know, your pride getting in the way and, you know, you're a little bumped and bruised. And, you know, we're all going to be a little bumped and bruised in one respect or another. But ultimately, it's not the mistake itself. It's how you make that mistake a milestone. You know, what do you do to turn that around? What do you do to make it so that you are in the right place, right position, doing the right thing at the right time? And ultimately, you know, it's your race to win. It's your race, race to run. And it's not like running the race means that, you know, if there are a thousand people in the race that, you know, that only one can win, all thousand people can win. But you have to run your race based on your strengths, run the race based on, you know, your know-how, run the race based on, you know, getting the training, receiving the training and doing something with it once you have it. And so those are the kinds of lessons, those are the kinds of things that I try and bring to the forefront for, uh, the, you know, the students that I work with. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like for the anecdotally, the students that I've done that with who've taken it on clearly have, you know, gained from it. You know, I've got students who are lawyers who work for the WNBA, who are doctors, who are, um, you know, social workers, who are architects, who are, you know, you name any and every industry, coaches in the NFL, uh, college coaches, you know, the gamut runs in a, uh, an amazing plethora of students in lots of different places. Um, I'd like to think that somewhere along the way, my influence helped shape their journey in one respect or another. But even if it didn't, I know for myself what I did or what I attempted to do in instilling, you know, the lessons that the book talks about and the and the coaching that I do with students on an individual level. Yeah, it's powerful. It, it's powerful. You, what they say, the game is supposed to be uh, told, not sold. But you know, passing the baton. You know the cover. Of the, the, the title speaks for itself. Yeah. You know, you you you're giving back. You're pour. You're pouring back into uh, the youth. You're pouring into the generation to come. Um, it and not 
not only that, but you're you're giving it everything you have. You're 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 pouring a hundred percent, and it's something that you that you're passionate about, and you're encouraging these these students to find their passion, right? You know, of course, running your race, you could run a race, but are you going to be passionate about the race that you're running, right? right. So. You know, you can find your path, but what are you passionate about? There's so much different ways to make money, but I, just because I could make money, you know, selling T-shirts doesn't mean I want to sell T-shirts. I'm not happy right. about that, right? right. I, I'm more happier when I do a particular things. So, you know, it's it's finding happiness. It, it, it's finding joy in, in what you want to do. And I think that's important, just as important too. So how do you, I, I don't know, I don't want to say like, how do you guide, do you, like, what's it like? Do you? Do you sense that instant passionate feeling that hey, like they're passionate about this, they're passionate about this, or it's uh um you know it just sounds like hey it's a get rich kind of a thing that you want to do. Do right. you guide them out of that, or do you like kind of crush them? <clears throat> like w w what's that like? Do you have to be that kind of you know tough you know bit, like you know, it's like good cop bad cop? Do you have to do that? Right. Maybe I've been fortunate in the students that I've worked with and I've been working with so far, knock on wood. Um, I really haven't as as much. I haven't had to be the, you know, the, the, the hard guy in that regard. Um, and I'm thankful for that because I think in some respects it not only speaks to who they are as individuals, but I also think it speaks to the fact that, um, you know, nine times out of 10, their parents have been the one who've seen the website or who have noticed it and acknowledged it. And, and one of the one of the pages of the website talks about sends a specific note to the parents um, where I'm talking to them and telling them essentially, you know, long and short, I'm not going to tell them or have them do anything any different than what you want, than who you want them to be and what you want them to be. You want them to be responsible. You want them to be accountable. You want them to be, you know, perform at their at their max and you know lots of other things in, along with that but kids don't always hear that from their parents kids don't always hear that from the parents in the way or the manner that they need to even if they have a great relationship with them so I'm not even you know taking that away as well but my my experience and what I try and instill in the students is is that you know game knows game I, I, I've been I've done exactly what you've done or try to do exactly what you doing. And I got the same result. And, you know, from when I went to school to right now, the game hasn't changed. So, you know, despite all the technology, despite all the, you know, Google that you can do, Googling you can do, all the Instagramming you can do, all the YouTubing you can do to find out how to do something. At this point, at least as I understand it, College is the only thing right now that you can't do any other way than old school, period. Because even if you get all the answers for everything else, you still have to be able to bring the information together. You still have to be able to give it to them in the way or the manner that they want. So, you know, it's cracking a book. It's going to a website. It's doing the reading. It's doing the homework. It's doing the studying. It's you know, learning it the way you need to learn it and being able to give it back to them in the way or the manner that they want. So I try and make sure that I that students understand that. I I really spend more time talking about my own story. And to me, nine times out of 10, that creates the connection, that creates the relationship. Once I've done that, once I've done that, and I've done that, you know, well, then there's a level or layer of trust that goes along with that. And one of the things that I do too, just for the sake of transparency, is I show students my 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 transcript from 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 undergraduate and from graduate school. I tell them about who I was before, you know, when I was seventeen, and you know, thought I was going to be, you know, part of, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, with the, you know, the white picket fix and then and the lawyer and the, and you know, back in my day, at least it was, you know, L.A. law that was, you know, kind of out there. So maybe the practice or maybe another lawyer type show because I was that's what I thought I wanted to do what I wanted to be but as I later found out you know I found out I had other passions and other skills and other abilities and so I just kind of opened up my bandwidth and capacity to kind of see what that was like and so those varies that I talk to students about are the very things that I want them to do you know on a daily as much as they possibly can 
Um, it doesn't mean that you'll get it right. It doesn't mean that it will be, you know, 100%. But if you seek excellence versus perfection, you get to where you where you want to go. Um, I heard someone say this this morning, I was listening to um, um, uh, a, a Bible. I was listening to an audio version of a Bible. And one of the things that they said was that, I think it was Jim Carrey was, um, talked about this in one respect and another. He said, you know, for people who think that it's only about the money, he said, allow, if you allow people to then make, you know, the amount of money that they feel like they need to, to make in one respect or another, that still doesn't equate to much, much what you said earlier, doesn't equate to being happy. Just means you have access to more things that could make you happy. But in your, you know, very core, your very being, are you? And nine times out of 10, you're, you're probably not. And so um, it then relates back to, you know, you knowing you're finding your passion project, your passion thing that just makes you want to get up in the morning. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I couldn't wait to do this today in talking with you. And I love doing these you know, podcasts with, with you and with other people that I've done them with as well. Because I, I don't even have to think about when you get to the point to where you don't have to think about it and it just happens and it just resonates with you, man, it makes you smile. It, it gives you, does something for you. I mean, I give away more books than I probably, you know, sell and I probably shouldn't do that either, but you know, I know it's going to come back to me and I know it's going to get to me in a way um, that may not necessarily be um, monetary, but it may just be the, the thanks that I get. It may just be the, you know, the, the, the knowledge that I planted seed in good soil and, you know, it's going to germinate and going to bear fruit. I may not see the fruit. I may not eat the fruit, but I know that it's there and I had a little something to do with it. And, you know, I think that's all we can ask in life. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there's, there's always a, there's always a message in everything, right? Um, when you plant that seed, you just mentioned, you know, planting seed in good soil. But yeah, you know, impact is impact and influence is just as important as the invoices being paid. But hey, you know, someone could read your book and that could be the book that changes their life. That's it. You'll be remembered as that that author. And there are some authors like Napoleon, Napoleon Hill, for, for example, that that's not walking this earth right now that can't benefit from like all these people that, you know, read his book. Right. So. Yeah, it, it, you know it's powerful. Um, also, I forgot to ask. I'm like, yeah, I definitely need a copy of, of the book too. I'm like, I definitely got to throw that in there. I need a copy of the book. I need a signed copy of get that. A copy of the book. You, yeah, you I've actually, I've become, I've become Thanos. I've become Thanos with these books. I, any any guest that has a book, I, I got to get a copy. I got, I have, I have four copies. I got them all signed from other authors. I need your book next. I want to read that. Excited to learn I will definitely and, sign it for you. Just go to the website, uh, com, and it, I, I, look, I'll, I'll be more than happy to, uh, I'll get writer's cramp if I can help yeah. it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Thank you. It. I appreciate that. I wanted to ask you, what, what do you think, from your opinion, of course, what do you think the educational uh, system is, is missing or lacking right now, or lack thereof? What, what do you think the educational system needs more of? Um, you know, there's a lot of money being passed around in, in the government recently yeah. with the pandemic. Um, you know, they we, we've seen some kids get iPads or, or out the blue or whatever. Oh, we didn't have money for it before, but they have it now. Whatever. But what do you think the educational system needs more of? Because what you're doing is very impactful and very, very influential. But what what do you think that uh, the educational system should have more of? I think there needs to be more relationship and connection. Um, and it's not that, you know, teachers or professors or whatever the case may be, don't have that uh, or don't create that for their students. But to what extent and to what manner? And I know that there's only, you know, one of them and, you know, several students or whatever the case may be. But, you know, I think about the people that have been impactful in my own life in one respect or another as teachers or as professors or mentors or whatever the case may be. And I think that's really what, I think that's the part that's missing because everything else is basically, you know, a standard, you know, you got to take a test, you got to do, you know, learn this, you got to learn that. And trust me, as an educator and passionate about it, I don't mitigate the necessity to make sure that, that people are prepared for life and all that it, you know, can or will, um, um, hold for them in that regard. 
But again, I point back to the fact that I think people, the, the part that's missing with this, and this is why I think my the, the coaching piece is so influential, is in fact that. I, I'll give you an example. I've got a, a, a college junior right now that is uh, completing uh, their junior year. They went from being basically a procrastinator as, you know, kind of self-admitting to now, you know, not only caring, but doing everything that they need to do in that regard. Uh, this current semester, the student has to have B grades or above in order to be accepted into the college or the, um, the school that they, that they want to um, pursue to continue their degree. And prior to that, you know, didn't care, you know, C's and D's, um, would, you know, kind of quit or peter out towards the end and just kind of procrastinate and then rush to do things. He's currently right now, he's got two Bs. And I'd like to think that, you know, sure, his intellect has, has and will carry him far, but I think also having someone in your life that you're accountable to makes a difference. It's it's not about always about the grade, but it is about the connection. And every student that I've worked with in or that I'm working with currently, um, I think feels empowered by it, not um, not deflated by someone you know saying something to them about what they did or didn't do. Because bottom line is, you know, I used to coach basketball. Um, uh, at one point in my life. And so, you know, if I traveled, if one of my players traveled on, you know, and, and made a uh, turnover, hustle down the other end of the court, make the next play. Bottom line, you know, be the person that gets the steal, be the person that taps, tips or taps the, the ball out of bounds, be the person that takes a charge, whatever the case may be, do what it takes to win the next thing that you do. And then if you can string enough of those wings wins together, you know what do you have? You know, now you got confidence and swagger on both ends of the court. And life is about being on both ends of the court. You know, sometimes you play defense, sometimes you got to play offense, but you got to be able to do both. You can't. They don't take you out for you know when you play basketball. They don't take you out for because you're a great defender. It's like okay, oh nope, we got to switch now. We got to put somebody in for 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 you for defense because you don't play good defense now. You have to be able to do both. Um, so for me, honestly, March Madness right now is a great time of year because I just love you know watching basketball and all that. But but there's so many you know kind of life lessons in that context that that, that makes sense. But those are the kinds of things that I try and make sure that I um, instill and offer to the students that I work with. I love the sports analogies. They're always the best. <laughs> They're always they the are. Best. They, they work, man. They definitely the, the work. Little things. Yeah, man. Run back. Perfect. Hey, you messed up on this. Run back. Get back on defense. Yeah. Do those little things because those little things, they add up. They have a large ripple effect. So, yeah, you know, just starting at, starting where you're at. Um, you there, Of course, you know, there's a saying, all the, you know, all the good coaches have coaches themselves. So, you know, these students, for them to have you, to have that influence, to have that guidance, it's good because they need to see, hey, like, hey, look, if, if you follow if you follow uh, these steps, if you follow me here, if you don't make the mistakes that I've made, this is what that other side looks like. I think that's very powerful. I, Growing up, you know, I'm from Southside Jamaica, Queens. If at a certain point when we were in our teens, if, if we had that level of fluence, like, you know, in schools, either there was the Boys and Girls Club, like early when I was like yeah. nine, ten. But kind of like when you hit those teen points and you look at points where it's like, oh, you could do this, you could do this. I've always, I've always had that entrepreneurship spirit. When I was 14, I was selling candy in high school. So I'd walk around the hallways and I'd get, get a box of candy from BJ's for 15 bucks. There would be 30 pieces of candy in there. I would sell each piece for $2. But I had that entrepreneurship spirit. And I wish I had, I wish I had someone like you back then to say, hey, look, I like what you're doing. Go to, you could put this in and turn this into a vending machine business, right? And yes. set that up, go get an LLC. Right. You know, just seeing those little entrepreneurship students and, and seeing that and like, hey, do this now. Do that. Like th that could change a lot of lives. So I think that's something I definitely have to step up and do on my own as well now just talking about it. But 
this is why I love doing these podcast interviews because I meet someone like you that's doing uh, these influential things and in, in, in changing lives in the youth and and taking initiative and not just talking about it, man. You take an action because thinking isn't taking action. You you no, you take an exactly. action behind it. So hey, it's and, powerful, and, man. And, yeah, you're right. And and trust and believe, and I'll be the first to tell anybody who who asked me that literally this idea has been in my head, had been in my head for probably 15, 20 years, but I didn't know how to monetize it. And then because I'm like, so there's a here's the here's the here's the continuous cycle. I have something that I want to do. I'm not sure how to do it. I don't know who to ask. I don't want to ask. So I'm not going to ask. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> oh, I didn't figure it out. Darn. Okay. Let me just go on and do something else. And so at one point it was just like, you know, man, you're sitting on, you know, you're sitting on, you're sitting on a gift and you, you, you can't, you can't and should not, uh, you know, do that, you know, to yourself. And so, I finally, you know, got the lead out and was like, okay, I'm going to make, and I just, and it literally, I started small. I, I started with just the idea and then someone said, well, maybe you should, you know, you should make a website. So the website you see before you is kind of, is something that I did on my, on my own. Um, but really spoke to the things that I wanted to make sure that were offered within the context of the, you know, of the, the narrative that I was trying to, to offer. Um, and, and, and even, you know, my first couple of clients that I got just kind of really happened by happenstance. It's a quick story, but my wife and I were shopping at uh, uh, over Christmas uh, a couple few years back, and the young lady that was waiting on me was in the process of applying to schools. And so, you know, I told her kind of you know what I did or what I'd like to do and that kind of thing. And it wasn't her that I ended up working with, but it was a person who was standing next to her who happened to be a person who worked in the store, but she was off that particular night and was just in the store. She said, I've got a sophomore daughter who sophomore daughter in high school who needs some coaching. You know, are you available? And you know, she said, Do you have a card? And I was like, No, I don't have a card, but you know, I'll get back with you. And so, you know, boom, that's what happened. I, you know, started working with her at right around the first of the year. Um, you know, got her to care a little bit more about what she did, got her to invest in herself, not just in you know, not doing it from the standpoint of mom seeing her. And mom was right there with her during all these interviews that, you know, we did. But I literally had blinders up where I wasn't paying attention to the mom and worry about what the mom was saying or anything else. I was just talking to the young lady and, you know, got her to care and got her to advocate for herself, got her to put some tools in place. I was like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the karate kid when he saw when in, uh, uh, the most recent version of it where he was, you know, doing all the blocks and everything else. And he looked at his hands like, I, I me, this, I, I can do this. This, this really works. So that was kind of my moment. And so from there, I just like, okay, I continued to develop the, the website and then, you know, running the writing the book. The book only took me six months to write. Now I've been 20, 20 some odd years, give or take, or maybe the last 10 years more, more um, specifically, where I had this idea in my head, but it's a, I wasted 10 years and took six months and did what I should have done probably 10 or 15 years ago. So again, you know, word to the wise, you know, don't sit on it, do something with it. Man, I'm glad I heard that message today. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that last line because I think that the, the most powerful thing you could ever do is learn from someone else's experience. Yeah. I is the most powerful thing. So for you to say that, there's a gem in that. And there's always a message in meeting people. So I I don't believe out of the millions of people that walk this earth that life put you before me and to have you come on the podcast and share this level of insight, not with just me, but with the listeners that's listening to this episode. Uh, it, it's powerful. It's powerful. You know, you, you know, you hear that you hear a good message, you hear a good word. But you also want you, you have to take action behind that. So over overcoming uh, the procrastination and avoiding those habits because it's as it, as it is very easy to create positive habits and, and a positive routine. It's very easy to create a negative one of procrastinating and you know pushing this off. Oh, I'll do it later. Then it's yep. tomorrow, next week, next month. Then that idea you had in 2013 is 2021. And it's like, man. I could have been did this. I could have did. Yeah. I could have invested in Bitcoin or 
you know, whatever you want to do, I, 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 you know, I, this message is, I, I, my biggest takeaway from this podcast interview is if there's something that you want to do, do it. If there's something that you're passionate about, do it. And you got to find that. And I would say the real challenge begins when you find your purpose, but that, that's where it begins, right? That's where it begins. But, you know, you yeah. got to be passionate about, you know, what you want to do. So I want to ask you, what, what, what's, what drives you? What's making you uh, go to that extra mile? What is your why for, for you to do what you're doing now? What is your why? That's a very good question because I not only do I ask that of my students, but I've been fortunate enough to be put in a position where I've been asked that very same question. And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I can, you know, be in a position to be able to answer it now. My why is, you know, I guess for me, this is, it's my passion project, but it really has even more so to do with just the, the legacy that I'm, that I want to create or I'm attempting to create in that regard. Um, my parents didn't have the chance and opportunity to go to school. My dad went to uh, 10th grade and my mother graduated from high school, but they both lived in, were born and raised in Jim Crow South of Georgia. And so my dad went in the Air Force. And so that for him basically kind of became, you know, his college and he learned, you know, a whole lot and, um, you know, was uh, was a pretty sharp troop. He was in for 27 years. He cross-trained three or four different times. Um, you know, when he was on post as a security policeman, because that was kind of where he started, he was reading the dictionary because he clearly knew he was behind and wanted to be, you know, excel and do the best they possibly could. And so, you know, hearing their stories about their, uh, the, the process and evolution that they grew up in to now be on, you know, benefactor of, you know, every sacrifice that they made and lots of other people made along the way as well. Um, you know, I'd be doing a disservice, honestly, if I did not um, put my best foot forward and do all that I could and the best that I could, um, and not just for them in their honor, but even for my kids and being able to set them up for the kinds of uh, success that I want them to have as well. And so, uh, you know, that lesson is something that I, you know, reinforce, have reinforced for them and attempt to reinforce for them, you know, uh, as often as I can. But to me, that extends, it extends further and beyond that um, to being able to instill that into other students. And so uh, that's my why is it's really about legacy uh, and, you know, leaving something, leaving something here and a footprint here that is going to, uh, to, to last for, for a good little while, long, long beyond my years in, in being, you know, on this earth. It's powerful and discovering your why, discovering your life's purpose. And when you find that, I believe that's when life really begins. Yeah. Then trust me. And in, in this last, despite a pandemic, despite a pandemic, which clearly when I went right, as we got ready, as I got ready to, to publish the book, about this time last year was when, you know, the wheels came off. Um, but I still went forward with the process and the, 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 uh, the project. Um, so much so by the time I, when I released the book in June of 2020, um, within the first two or three weeks on Amazon, this was a, this book, this book was a bestseller in, um, as a new release for study skills and adult and continuing education. And I, this, this was my first crack at, at, you know, doing anything like this. So sure. I was more than pleased. I was, I, I was taken by it. I didn't, I couldn't believe it when I first saw it. Cause you know, they, on, you know, when you see it on Amazon, when I saw it on Amazon, there was a little ribbon beside it, but I thought it said new, like, you know, okay, it's a new book, you know, people, you know, maybe that's a way for them to kind of drum up business, but no, it was, they were saying bestseller and I kept looking. I saw there were two ribbons. I was like, what's the bestseller about? So I looked and lo and behold, it was for continuing education and for um, study skills. So, you know. Incredible. I don't know what to tell you, man. I, I wish I, you know, maybe that says it all by itself. But, you know, again, I'm the same person who, you know, at 17, if you had told me, 
you know, reach your potential and this is what you'll do. I'd have thought, you know, you got me confused. You got me mixed up with some other dude, not me, somebody else. Um, but, you know, lo and behold, you know, here we are. So uh, while I've got the platform and the, the opportunity, I'm going to do all I can to take advantage of it. Yeah, it's very powerful. Very powerful. Uh, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited to uh, get my copy, start reading. Um, so tell tell the listeners where can we uh, keep up with your journey? Where can we follow you? Where can we where can we stay connected to hear a little bit more? Sure. So my uh, website is reginaldrider.com. R e g i n a l d r y d e r dot com. That's the website. Uh, the name of the book again is Driving Life Coaching. Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram, and I believe it's it's R R Y D E R, the number four, T L C. And LinkedIn is uh, Reginald Ryder, comma, M dot E D because I have a master's degree. Um, let's see. Beyond that, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll say and offer this as well. First, people who are interested in coaching and getting coaching for their, their students, I do a 15-minute free consultation just to give you an idea of kind of who I am, what I am, and hear a little bit about what's going on and what's happening. And then if it's something that we can mutually agree with, then, you know, we go from there. And I charge a, a, a different rate for middle school and high schoolers than I do for college, but nonetheless, less I do that as well. Uh, if you have a not-for-profit uh, organization or agency uh, or institution where you'd love for me to come and speak or you're interested in getting the books that I, you know, I, I'm both are clearly uh, available and accessible. Uh, but beyond that, um, you know, I think a model that I try and live by in regard to this particular part of my life anyway, is I try and live life to a standard, which doesn't, uh, change and um, come, go fleeting by versus a status because uh, statuses change, you know, um, the flavor of the week kind of comes and goes, but, you know, again, the standard is the standard. And so I try and live my life in that way. And um, if we get the chance opportunity to work together, or connect uh, either through the book or through the uh, coaching, I would be um, more than happy to you know offer my, my two cents and probably not tell you anything any different than anyone else, but tell you in a way, hopefully that gives you a chance and opportunity to, um, you know, to be your best. And uh, that's, that for me is what it's all about is uh, putting you in a position to do the, the best and the most that you can, because there's clearly a multiplier, multiplier effect of, um, you know, this process. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm clearly aware of that as a, uh, as a college graduate, or even with a trade, a trade, but a college graduate, nonetheless, you know, you stand, your earning potential stands uh, a chance of being, you know, 10 to 15 fold better than just being having a high school uh, education. You know, what does that then do for, you know, uh, you financially? What does that do for your family and the way that you have access to resources and to, you know, um, things that you can uh, instill and reinforce, you know, in them as well. Um, so the multiplier effect really has a, a rippling effect um, when like a water being like, I'm sorry, like a, a, a rock being thrown in a pond um, versus a pebble. So, you know, if you really want to have an impact, you know, throw a boulder in, but all things considered, throw the rock at least. That's it. Take action. All right. Uh, so in closing thoughts, guys, I want to thank you, uh, uh, Reginald, of course, just for just stopping by, um, spending time on the podcast, uh, diving into all that we dived into. But for the audience, I want to thank you guys for streaming this episode of the St. Clair Speaks Show podcast. Stream this episode and all episodes of the St. Clair Speaks Show podcast now streaming on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Radio Public. And now Facebook and YouTube, you can stream all episodes of the St. Clair Speaks Show podcast. Now, we want to know, of course, what part of this episode in particular really resonated with you? Was it 
the part of just going back into continuing education, do you want to go back and impact the youth as well? Find someone that you inspire today. So in closing thought, I want to thank you again for streaming this podcast of the St. Clair Speak Show, but I also want you to take a golden nugget, take a gem that you learned from this podcast episode and take forth action because thinking isn't action. So take action on your goals, take action on your vision today. I'll see you guys in the next one. I'm out. Peace.